I welcome back to She's Wild, the podcast for women in land and development. Today's guest is Caitlin Donovan, the host of Fried the Burnout podcast and author of The Bounce Back Ability Factor, a book all about ending burnout. Before I get into today's interview, I did want to come on and wish everyone a very warm holiday season as we enter into the end of 2022. And I wanted to let you all know that after today's show, we will be concluding the first season of She's Wild. We will be back with season two of She's Wild on January 10th. And for the entire month of January, we will be featuring interviews with women who are in the development space in the land and development industry. So enjoy today's show and I'll see you guys back on January 10th. Caitlin, welcome to the show. I am going to tell you why I invited you here and then I'm going to let you tell us more about yourself. But I recently heard a podcast that you were on. And when I heard you speak about what burnout is and the signs, it slapped me across the face. And I was just like, oh my God, I have been living in this state of mind for years. And I thought, you know, if it is that impactful for me that I should bring you on to talk about it here as well. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. I want to go ahead and just dive in so that uh, the folks here today can learn a little bit more about you and your background. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your personal career journey and how you ended up where you are today? So I started my whole career journey in med school, a pre-med program at Boston University. And I was a total geek in high school. I got a full academic scholarship. I was on the path, realized very quickly that it was not the right thing. Ended up studying Chinese medicine instead. So I moved from Boston to California. I was 20 years old, going to school to learn acupuncture and herbal medicine. I had never had an acupuncture appointment before. It was this wild, wild world that I was jumping into. And I loved it, like loved it. And I still love Chinese medicine, the beauty of the thought process and how things are connected. And I, I'm still obsessed with it all these years later. I met a man in Argentina. He was Polish when I had one year left of my studies. Within six weeks, we were engaged. So I finished my studies. I moved wow. to Poland. I have a fresh master's degree. I'm 24 years old. I'm getting married to someone that I met a year earlier and lived apart from this whole time. I'm living in a country where I don't speak the language and I've got to be successful financially way beyond the average salary of the area because the average salary of the area would not have even covered my student loan bill, never mind any other bill. So not only do I have to be successful, but I have to be successful times four in a country where I don't speak the language. <laughs> and I did it. I did it. I found a way. I made it happen. I ended up 28 years old on Polish TV. I speak fluent Polish now. I was in magazines. I, it was a whole thing. I was this like the acupuncture lady from the United States. You know, I was treating fertility. It was this big deal. And I had everything that I could have ever dreamed of wanting because I did not grow up in a place where, where I had the example of large amounts of money, large amounts of financial success. You know, everything was always a struggle. So I got to this place where I was like, oh my God, I can check off all these boxes that I never thought I'd be able to check off. Why am I so miserable? 
Why is my body breaking down? Why am I so tired? Why am I so resentful toward my patients? Every time I got a phone call, I was like, what do you people want from me? <laughs> like I couldn't even, and it sounds, I say these things with like full knowledge of how awful it sounds for a healthcare practitioner to feel resentful toward their patients. I, I understand what it sounds like. I'm telling you that it's embarrassing, but also the truth. I didn't realize what I was going through was burnout until like six or seven years later. So I was just in this constant cycle of feeling like crap, feeling a little bit better, feeling like crap again. And I'm a healthcare practitioner. I'm a stress management expert because acupuncture teaches you that Chinese medicine is all about how different stressors affect the body. I'm a stress management expert. One day I read an article on burnout. And my whole world started to shift. I had that slap across the face moment that you mentioned. That's what happened to me when I read this article. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And that's what started this whole journey. Wow. So back to that article, do you remember what really triggered you? Like, was it something specific? Do you have that recollection? The only thing I remember is that I, it kept saying the word burnout. And then describing what it meant. And I was like, I've never even heard this word. I, I said earlier, I'm a geek. When I say that, I mean, I probably read 90 books a year. I'm doing an extra degree right now for fun. Right. Like I, I'm, I will read scientific research at night to relax. <laughs> you know, like, so... I was reading this and I was coming across information that I had never been privy to. I had been a healthcare practitioner for over a decade. How, how did this get past me? So, I mean, I've heard about burnout culture. I've heard when people say I'm so burnt out and listen, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest here. I sort of roll my eyes and I'm like, please, we're all burnt yeah. out. Like we're all in that constant state of, never enough, right? Yeah. Never enough time, never enough success, never enough, you know, being sleep on social energy. media, never enough sleep, <laughs> never, never enough money, like never enough. It's just never mm -hmm. enough. Like no matter how successful you are, it's never enough. So we're always like chasing whatever, for whatever society is telling us. Right. So I get it, but I never really personally said, Oh, I'm like super burned out. <laughs> Uh, until I heard your podcast and I was like, oh crap, I might actually be burned out. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, society's definition of success, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my podcast here is predominantly focused on women in commercial real estate, women in land, women in development. Everyone that knows me knows that I'm a huge proponent of raising other professional women in my industry because there's not a lot of us. We are definitely still the minority. But as a result, women that I know in my network circle work ourselves to death. Mm -hmm. We are constantly chasing that never enough, right? We're trying to push it out the door and slam the door and, and not let those voices interfere with us. Society has taught us in a male-dominated industries that we have to be better than every else, everyone else around us. We have to be better than the woman next door. We have to be better than the men. In every meeting, we have to be overprepared. So I want to talk about society and changing this culture. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts around what can we do to end burnout culture? 
We need allies first and foremost. And and when you're speaking, my head is saying, yes, white women have to do that and black women have to do twice as much, right? I'm immediately going to minorities have to do twice, three times as much sometimes. My husband recently hired someone and he said she came so well prepared. And I looked at him and I said, was she white? And he said, no. And I said, yeah, do not reward her. Give her the job if she's the right person for the job. But do not tell her that she needs to do that all the time. He was like, she really doesn't. I was like, well, then make sure she knows. Because we need more than anything. We need men that are fighting against this for us. Just like black women, Hispanic women need white women and Asian women need white women to fight for them. We also need men to fight for us and for them. So I think one of the biggest things is, and the thing that you mentioned earlier, like you have a lot of male listeners for this podcast, even though that was not necessarily the intent in the beginning. Men, we want to not need you, (laughs) but we do. We need your voices. We need you to stand up. We need you to shout to help shift this perspective. I have so many wonderful men that surround me and so many wonderful men that I follow on LinkedIn that are constantly pushing forward this agenda of equity. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Not enough yet. So I think this is the the biggest thing. There's only so much extra work any of us can do to get us there without having people on the inside breaking it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, great. So what do we do? You know, I I have FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. I was with another company for a long time and I was the only female on the team. Young kids at the time. My kids are grown now. And I can remember flying out of the office at like 4.15, throwing my bag on my shoulder, grabbing my laptop, knowing that I was going to jump in my car, get on a conference call for the next 40 minutes because I had to maximize every single little minute, right? Yeah, yeah. And I can remember the Snickers when I left the office. I can remember people saying under their breath, oh, it must be nice to leave at 4.15. Which and is why we wanting, need the allies. I'm wanting to like, right? turn around and punch people in the face. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, I'm going to my second job. I got to go pick up my kids from school so that I can get them back to town, which, oh, by yeah. the way, is 40 minutes there and 40 minutes back. Like, I'm killing myself. Like, I'm doing yeah. my best. Well, and I think we forget that the 40 hour work week was designed for a a one parent working scenario. Right. So for me, like, though, I had this enormous fear because I knew, right? Yeah. The minute I walk out of this office at 415 and I'm doing the best I can do, I know that there's going to be a phone call that's going to come in at 430, 445, that my associate's going to get that lead instead of me. I know that I'm not going to get the next best assignment because I'm not there at five o'clock, five thirty, whatever. I, and I had to train myself that that was okay. That yeah. was okay, but it was really hard. So I want to talk about fear and balancing fear of missing out on things that in your career. And yeah. So for me, this fear is also related to this thing that you were saying earlier about like it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. That not enoughness is a natural neuroscience-based need that humans have. So we like to sort of blame this on society and say society always wants us to have more. And it's capitalism that, uh, that tells us that we always want more. And capitalism capitalizes on the fact that we want more. It encourages it. But our brains 
are are designed to find a thing that we find pleasurable, get it as much as we can, and then become complacent and want something more. That is literally how our brains are designed. And originally, that helped us travel further. It helped us intermingle genes with further right? Like tribes and because we were spread out because we were searching for something more because we were pushing our boundaries. So this is a natural thing. When I figured that part out, I started to ask myself instead of saying like, oh my God, it's not enough. I need something more. I need something more. I changed the, it's not enough to, oh, that's interesting. What's next? Hmm. So I changed that sort of FOMO to curiosity. Oh, I'm letting that go. That's interesting. What am I gaining instead? Mm. So I started playing with my own brain and use and capitalizing on this thing in my brain that is always going to want more because that's how we're built and talking to it in a different way. Oh, you don't want that anymore. That's interesting. What's next? Oh, you're afraid to lose that. You're not going to get it. What are you going to get instead? A relationship with your children that will last through adulthood? Yeah, maybe. Would you rather have that listing? Or would you rather be able to actually spend holidays with your children because they actually like you, because they know you, because you were there? Very powerful. And I, I did that, right? I mean, I did that. Yeah, exactly. I did those things. I would say, you know, and I, and I've taught that to other people, especially my daughter, who's almost 21, right? I have taught her like, listen, you, how you're going to, you're going to get hired one day for a company and you're going to have a job to do, or you'll be an entrepreneur or whatever. It's perfectly fine for you to have an appointment on your calendar. That is for you, whether Mm. that's working out, whether that's leaving to get your get your hair done if that makes you feel great or to spend time with your future children. That's okay. And nobody needs to know where you are or what they just need to know you have an appointment. That's it. You're unavailable. Yeah. yeah. The woman, so, uh, Shelly Paxton, she wrote the book Soulbatical. She was on um, fried a few months ago and she said that she blocks out me tings, capital M capital E dash E T I N G S me tings. It's me time. It's for me. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's I have a meeting. I love, I love it. this. Right? It's so simple. I have a meeting. And and your team can even know what that means. They can know that that's just personal time. It doesn't matter. I love it. And right? let's make sure that when we see that amongst our peers that we don't guilt people, right? Yeah. Don't well, snicker. You know, my my husband works in a corporate environment and he fits the corporate bog well. You know, he he likes it, he knows how to work it. It suits him. I could never do it. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. It's we we live different worlds. I just want to say meetings are not respected. As a general rule, calendars are not respected. My husband works well in the corporate world. He enjoys it, but he'll look at me sometimes and say, "I have four calls I'm scheduled to be on at 3:30." I'm like, "Didn't people see on your calendar that you were busy? He was like, yeah, they just don't care, right? You can't be on four calls at 3.30. No one can be 
on four calls at 3.30. So I think we also have to take a moment to recognize that the way that we're working is not sustainable really for any of us. And the more we start respecting other people's calendars, the more our calendars will start to be respected. But at the end of the day, no one respects your calendar if you don't. 100%. And that's a critical point. If you're like, oh, but it doesn't matter. Well, then it doesn't matter. Right. Taking calls after hours, for example, sending emails And if that doesn't hours. bother you, that's right. fine. But then don't complain about it. Because if it doesn't bother you, there's nothing to complain about. If it does bother you, I, I tell this story sometimes because it was such a wonderful example, a, example of a terribly set boundary. I love boundaries. I'm researching them currently, getting ready for another book. And this was so great. I bought something from a company that works 24 hours a day online, right? So it's a downloadable template that I was using for my website. So I download this template. I have a question. I send the question Friday at 2 p.m. my time, Eastern time. And I say, hey, I have this I, I have this question. I'm not sure if I can change this color. And if I can, how I do it. And they write back to me at 5.15 on Friday. Very fast. I wasn't expecting a response so quickly, but this is really fast. So I simply wrote back, thank you. I got an automatic message that said, you know, we really wish that people would try to email us during our working hours from nine to five, Monday through Friday, Eastern time, because we have, we are so obsessed with making our customers happy that we can't tear ourselves away from our emails. And then it interrupts our family life. And then we can't spend time with our children. And I was sitting there and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, you just emailed me back at 515, which is after your hours. First of all, second of all, I did not request that you email me back within moments. Third of all, it is not my responsibility to manage your telephone use and your inability to put your phone down. That is not my job. Fourth, the better solution is to simply write, hi, thanks so much for writing. We'll get back to you within our business hours, which are as follows. That's it. That's the automatic message. That's all you have to say. Or nothing. And you don't even have to say that. Exactly. <laughs> right. Or nothing. You don't even have to say that if you want to, because it helps you to hold the boundary. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You can do that. That, that. That's an acceptable sort of added reinforcement to your wall if it helps you. Cool. But don't put it on me to hold your boundary between you and your phone. Right. Well, and I, I've had to do that just in my real estate practice, right? Like yeah. I will only communicate via text with certain yeah. individuals. Yeah. And it's my top 20% of my clientele. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And people will call me, they will email me. And if they can't reach me, they'll text me. And I'm like, I am not responding to this text. Cause the minute yeah. I open that door, it's open. That person knows that I'm going to respond. Yep. And it's, and I struggle with that. Like, I really have to say, like, I am not going to do this. And I'll pick up the phone the next morning and I'll call them. But mm -hmm. I'll say, you know, I won't even say, like, I got your text. I'll just say, hey, I saw you had a question. How can I help you? Like, I don't want to not be helpful. The best but, and oof, the better, the hard. better answer would be if you prefer email. 
I saw your question. In the future, email is a better way to reach me. Absolutely. And then go into your answer to actively discourage people from texting you if you don't want them to. I don't want people texting me either. I don't I don't need that that amount of noise on my phone. Yeah. I'm busy Instagramming right now. Like <laughs> leave leave me to my scroll sesh, please. <laughs> Seven o'clock at night. <laughs> so yeah, no, I love it. So I want to just take a step back and talk a little bit about um how to identify that you could be burned out. I'm gonna talk about, you know, are there three to five major common symptoms? That when somebody calls you and they say, I think I need help, yeah. what is it that, that they're describing that they're struggling with or experiencing? So there's two separate answers to this question. The first one is the scientific research. And the scientific research is very clear that there are three components to burnout. The first one is physical and emotional exhaustion. This typically means to me that if you are someone who normally exercises and that sort of gives you energy, clears your head, et cetera, you're exercising and then you have to take a nap after, you're crashing after, or you have an inability to do it at all. So what you are normally accustomed to being able to do is no longer available to you physically. That's one of it. The emotional side to me is uh, if anything changes in your day last minute, you absolutely lose your mind. So if one thing gets added to your to-do list or one person asks you one additional question or you get one email that you weren't expecting to get, it throws everything off completely. You have no emotional space for flexibility and responding and reacting because you are so close to the edge that no matter what, it'll just throw you right off. So the first portion that we need to see is physical and emotional exhaustion. The next portion we need to see are is feelings of detachment. So feeling alone even if you're not alone, even if you have a strong community, feeling alone and being cynical. So this Mm. is, is my grandmother would say being a negative Nancy, just Mm. being nonstop negative. Even if you're like, you know, normally I'm a positive person, but I can't find it. Like can't do it. So being negative and feeling detached is section number two that we need to see. The third thing we need to see is a drop in productivity and a lack of awareness of the impact of your work. So not feeling your client's gratitude, not understanding that your work is valuable, feeling like everything is pointless and worthless and like, what are we doing on this big blue marble and like, what the hell? So feeling like there's no impact and no value to the work that you're offering the world. I think there's impact and value to every single job that has ever existed in some way, shape or form. Even if that impact and value is to get money in your pocket and keep your family safe. I'm cool with that. But if you don't have any clue that what you're doing matters at all, that's a really significant sign. So those are the things that the research gives us that the World Health Organization accepts. On top of that, I see massive amounts of resentment. When you're burnt out, everything feels unfair. I'm doing all these things for all these people and I'm not getting the gratitude. I'm not getting the praise. I'm not getting the speaking slot. I'm not getting the, I'm all these things and I'm not getting what I deserve in return. And that could be in your household, not getting the gratitude from my kids for cooking and cleaning. And I'm not getting the, whatever it happens to be. So this inherent lack of unfairness, a lack of fairness that leads to resentment is a huge, huge piece from my perspective, it's something that I've seen in just about everyone. And then there's a host of physical symptoms. 
headaches, anxiety, gut issues, inability to sleep, low libido, foggy brain, neurological symptoms. There's a whole host of symptoms that could that, you know, the kind that you go to your doctor and your doctor does your blood work and he's like, everything's fine. And you're like, it's not, it's not, I'm not fine. I'm not fine over here. And they're like, blood says, okay. And you're like, body says no. Yeah. I want to cry. (laughs) No, seriously. Um, Because I do take a lot personally, right? Like I take a lot of moments to say something doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right. And so I'll rewrite where I, where it feels wrong. Yeah. I will take that time off. I will crawl back into bed. I will yeah. turn my cell phone off. I yeah. will refocus my mental state. But I know that there are a lot of people out there who don't have those coping mechanisms for various reasons. Yeah. They don't know how to do those things without some additional assistance or encouragement. Or they don't have the level of autonomy available to them in their working environment that, that allows them to do it. Being able to make those decisions for yourself is a massive privilege. Absolutely. Right. Which I have too. That's not, that wasn't a dig. That's just saying like, not everybody can, I was just doing a workshop for a group of lawyers. They can't take a nap in the middle of the day if a partner calls them. Well, I don't take naps in the middle of the day. Yeah, but you know that. what I mean? I mean, I do. If I <laughs> need right. to lay down in the middle of the day, I will. I'm, I'm a napper. I'll, I'll just shut everything right down and lay down. But, but not everybody had, can do that. I have had years and I used to say it always happens in June. It always happens in June, which I used to think, how odd is that? That I hit this like brick wall in June, bam. And I'm like, oh, that's burnout. Yeah. And was it, do you think it's related to when your kids were finishing school typically? So you had like, was the school year harder for you than the summer? You know how I teachers think it was all hard, honey. It was all, all hard yeah. having two kids at home. But, you know how um, like teachers yeah, so. get to like teachers get to the end of the school year and they're like, "I'm so done." Whereas the rest of the world is like, "We can't be done because we work all year round." You know, <laughs> but you can be done because you know that something's finishing. And so, if that was a natural part of your experience that you're like, "Oh my god, I don't have to make school lunches right now. I don't. The pickups are different. I can." Like things are a little bit easier or they might be harder in the summer. I'm just, I'm just sort of guessing that if you had that happen 10 times, it might repeat itself now just, just on memory. It it did for a long time. I do think it was tied to my kids because I don't yeah. experience that June brick wall like I used to. Right. Um, but I used to say to my husband, I feel it coming on. I am so yeah. tired. I feel like yeah. I just need to crawl back into bed. And I... I would acknowledge that, right? I yeah. feel like I need to rest. And he would say, go home and go back to bed. Yeah. And I would do that. And you're right. That was a privilege, right? But it was yeah. like, I work for myself. I'm an entrepreneur. I never take time off. Even right. when I'm on vacation, my phone is on, my computer's on. I have to be available to my clients. I have to be available for offers that come in or deals that go awry. Um, you know, I'm in the process now. I know I'm going to be taking some time off, like literally like a handful of days. And I'm already training my clients like, hey, I'm not going to be available here and setting those boundaries. I am all going to be unavailable. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to be watching for the, the bombs that might go off. But for the most part, I need that time to regenerate my ability to do my best performance, my best work. 
Um, so yes, it is a privilege, but at the same time, there are other trade-offs along the way. Um, but Oh, that doesn't mean to say that everything in life is lucky. I just want to acknowledge that there might be people listening that don't have that level of autonomy. Right. Or, or the ability to say, I need this and I might have sick time, but to take for themselves. Yeah. Sometimes people can't, this is what I'm saying though. I work with people who literally will tell their bosses that and their boss will say too bad. Yeah, that sucks. You know, like that, this is, this is a, this is part of burnout culture that we talk about, right? When you don't have the autonomy to decide for yourself, what you can do for yourself, for your health, we don't, the Americans especially don't trust this. A lot of countries in Europe, multi, I lived there for 12 years and not every single one, but a lot of countries in Europe, if you go and you say, I am burnt out, you get a three month leave with disability pay. Sounds amazing. Right. But Americans would be like, oh, she's taking advantage of it. He's taking advantage of it. That's not really true. That's, you know, like it's we don't we don't trust each other enough in this country. To know when we need rest. So some people are asking for these things and not just not getting them to those people. I say, let's work on your exit plan because this company does not deserve you or anyone. Right. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. again, another sort of privilege thing. Like if you can quit a job, then you're lucky. But I say let's we don't have to quit, but we do need to create a plan and we do need to create a set of sort of rules and circumstances that you will accept another job under where you will be more protected. And valued and valued for, what, for the time when 100%. you can be there. One hundred percent mental capacity. Or exactly. Even. Exactly. OK, so. <laughs> I know that was a little bit of a, a side dish, but it's all good. So if someone is thinking, oh crap, like I might be burnt out. Do you have any tips of things that they should do? Like just to sort of either assess that, dig into it a little bit more or, um, you know, should they call you? <laughs> I mean, they, I mean should, don't do call, you have don't resources call me. on your website, right? <laughs> like, don't call me, don't text me. I, I don't want your help. No, uh, I don't want your business. Um, I mean, how do they help? How do folks here today? So if you are help? afraid that you're burnt out, you are burnt out. <laughs> you know, people that are not burnt out are not having that worry. That's not what's happening. And so one of the first things that I recommend people to do in order to buy themselves some extra energy to be able to work on some stuff that they might have not have enough energy for right now is to do, um, I have a mini course on my website that's called a resentment journal. It's like $32 or something. It's not, it's a minimal, low cost, easy access thing. And you download the resentment journal and it takes you through how to take those difficult emotions, resentment, irritation, anger, annoyance, sort of all these things that are digging at your energy all day, every day, and how to transform those into boundaries. And then how to state those boundaries in a way that makes them more likely to be heard, right? So this is just like a little game that you get to play and not pretend like a gratitude journal is going to save you when you're burnt out, because I promise you it won't. And really get honest about your emotional state and use that as the information that it is to get you clear enough to take the next step. If you need one-on-one help all over my website and all over the podcast website, there are links to book a free intro call with myself and with my coaching partner 
Sarah, she specializes in um, empaths and highly sensitive people. So she does a, a little, a lighter version than I do a little bit. I can be a little sort of in your face, kick your butt kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's available to people all the time. But I would start with the resentment journal and see how much space you can open up for yourself and see what that shifts first and foremost. I, I love that. Um, and obviously listen to your podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, there's on my website, um, on my blog, there's a a blog post that was inspired by a company that started using Fried the Burnout podcast as their burnout recovery tool for t- for an entire team of people. This is, wow. Yeah. Public health care that had been dealing with COVID and they needed some help. So they started listening to the episode like a podcast club instead of a book club. Let's listen to this episode. Let's discuss it. Let's create a plan. Let's listen to the next. Mm. So we gathered those episodes in one place and said, if you're feeling burnt out, you need to start. Here's where you start. Listen to these in this order and it'll help you get there. That's fantastic. So we'll we'll make sure that we add your your blog uh, to the show notes for folks who want to check that out, and also the link to your resentment journal, which is the first time I've ever heard those terms together. Like I'm <laughs> with you, like a hero gratitude journal, and and I do make a conscious choice every single day to get up and say, you know, thank you for the beautiful home I live in, thank you for you know my career, for the ability to be physical, to have movement have a long marriage, the fact that my children are living a good, healthy lifestyle. I'm very grateful for that. But I agree with you that that doesn't always fix when things don't go well in my day and I get really frustrated, right? And it can lead us to sort of spiritually bypassing, like saying, well, this thing is really crap over here and everything is really hard and I'm really crushed. I have no energy, but I'm supposed to have gratitude so I'm going to say thanks for my beautiful house and thanks for my long-term relationship and thanks for while ignoring this dumpster fire over here on the right. Right. Yeah. So let's not ignore that. Right. Yes. So um, I could, you know, talk to you literally like all day, um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wrap <laughs> up here and I, you know, I follow a certain format in my podcast usually because of who my guests are. We've been kind of all over the place today, <laughs> but I do like to uh, end with a few questions. Mm. Um, one you've already answered, uh, and uh, the so the other two are going to be, uh, do you have a favorite book or a podcast other than your own that you can recommend to folks here uh, just about, you know, life life or, or things that you find incredibly inspiring or burnout or, or whatever? Is there something that you just love to consume that you'd like to share? I think there's... Um... An incredibly important book called The Body Keeps the Score by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. And that is about how trauma affects the body, how PTSD affects the body, how this stress manifests long-term and why so many of us are stuck in these cycles that we can't seem to break through. And we think it's our fault and it's not. So it's a big way for me to allow other people to release this idea that it's your fault somehow. Right. You created these mechanisms to save yourself and you were successful for a long time. And now they're just outdated and they need upgrading. But how are you supposed to know that? We don't learn this. If you're extremely burnt out, don't read it right now because it's a little science heavy. (laughs) And, you know, so if you're way down the barrel, like now's not the time. But I do think it's something that most people should read. Fantastic. 
Um, and then I'll, I always say, you know, where can my listeners, where can the people here that are participating in our conversation, where can they follow you? Uh, I mean, you know, we talked a lot about your podcast. Um, you said you had a blog. Do you The blog is things? very inconsistent. Okay. So do you post things on social media? You mentioned Instagram a little bit earlier. Do you, are you active there with like tips or things? Should we be following you? I love being two places. I love being on Instagram and that's definitely a place to find me. It's Kate underscore Donovan. And I also really love LinkedIn and I will connect with pretty much anybody as long as they're not sales pitching me within the first email. (laughs) But I do love LinkedIn and I put a lot of longer form content on there. I start a lot of conversations on there. I like the professional aspect and that's where most of my sort of corporate things are and, you know, speaking events and things like that are all on LinkedIn. And okay. So, so, cause you brought it up. I'm, I'm going to ask you really yeah. quickly, if someone is in an organization and they say like, wow, we want to have Kate come and talk to us. If they're in a women's leadership organization or a company or an HR group, whatever. And they go, Hey, we're seeing this obviously post COVID there's tons yeah. of burnout. I mean, let's yeah. face it. That's why, that's why people are shifting jobs right now. I think hundred percent. They're exhausted. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Totally exhausted. Um, where where can they reach you to say, hey, we'd like to have you as a speaker? Is it yeah, the same so place? On, on my website is katedonovan.com uh, forward slash speaking. And on there, there's a link to book a call. There's, you know, my one sheet and the video of me in front of rooms and all of that kind of stuff. And then there's an, an inquiry call that just says, hey, here's 20 minutes. Let's talk about what you want, what you need and how we can get together. Fantastic. Well, I will make sure we have all those links so that it's super easy for anybody listening to come and and connect with you. I want to thank you again for uh, gracing all of us here today, listening with your presence, with your knowledge. Uh, It's been a pleasure getting to know you better. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about just my own, you know, bounce back ability and saying like, continue to set my boundaries to refocus on my own mental and physical well-being and health and make that a number one priority. So with that, amen to that. We're done. Thanks again, Kate. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of She's Wild, the podcast for women in land and development. If you enjoyed today's show, please go out and rate us so that we can be found by other women in our industry. And if you know women who are working in land and development, please share this podcast with them. And if you know a total rock star woman, badass chick who is killing it in land and development anywhere in North America, I want to know who she is. Please reach out to me so that I can feature her on an upcoming episode.